You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. This summer at Eau Claire, we're going to be developing um, you know, eight new regional target centers right? that we've, that, uh, that Island just spoke about. Bring them all to the drill stage and set up to drill into fresh rock. right? Any one of those targets could be that next new major bull discovery. So that's exciting. Um, another near-term catalyst for us could be the commencement of Julian Homestake. We've talked about that already. Um, we are very excited with our plans for the project. And, you know, I would expect a great deal of value to be translated into share price as we show people all of the good things that can happen when you're drilling high-grade gold in BC. Right. So a big year plan for investors uh, in 2021, Bill. Thanks for tuning into Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. And in today's show, we're going to be getting an update from Fury Gold Mines. Website is furygoldmines.com and it trades under F-U-R-Y in Toronto or New York on the big boards. This was the resulting company when Oren took over East Main, just by way of reminder. That transaction took place about seven or so months ago. The flagship project is the Eau Claire project in Quebec, and the company has been moving that forward. So we're going to start off the discussion by getting an update of what's going on and a reminder of the big picture goals, as there's a 50,000 meter program currently underway. Uh, joining me today is Mike Timmons, the president and CEO, as well as Ivan Bebek, the chairman. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Mike, I'm going to kick it over to you first. Can you kind of remind us of what the goals here are at your flagship progress, at your flagship project, and what progress have you made thus far? Thank you, Bill. We're, uh, we're uh, happy to be here, and I'm glad Ivan is here, too. Uh, it's good, to, good for a chairman to come in, talk a little bit about uh, the view from, from that seat, and also as a, one of our major shareholders. So thank you to him for, for joining us. We've been very busy, Bill, at, at Eau Claire, obviously drilling the, the, the deposit and stepping out along the various extensions, as you've seen in the news. Um, the new Snake Lake structure that we've identified, which is parallel to Eau Claire, could be a step change for the project. So we're hitting Snake Lake in behind our step-out drilling at Eau Claire, over a kilometer away from its surface expression. So we're actually developing a view that that may have the same size potential as Eau Claire itself. It is early days, uh, results out this month and our first three step out holes below Snake Lake. So that's, uh, that's a pretty exciting development for us. The 850 zone hosts Eau Claire's uh, Western extensions. Uh, the previous owners were really focused on shallow open pit material and completely missed the Eau Claire horizon, which lies at about 300 to 400 meters below that. So this is huge potential to add ounces, literally in our basement with, um, you know, within the original PEA footprint. So another, uh, another big you know, eye-opener for us. We've also been very successful, I think, at um, you know, deriving regional targets by diving deep into the data. Um, a comprehensive review of the geochem, the geophysics simply hadn't been done before. Uh, and we recognize this, this incredible opportunity during the due diligence. We're really just starting to see those results uh, coming out now of that work. Well, Claire continues to impress us. And I think it's the the sheer scale of the mineral endowment that has surprised us the most. This is the type of project that I was searching for back when I was at Agnico Eagle, right? Significant growth, high-grade gold, easy access, gold at all project scales, and in different geologies, and a suite of regional targets that's going to offer that long-term growth. Uh, and as you pointed out, where we are you know, 20,000 meters into the first 50,000 meters of the program, uh, and have already outlined a ton of potential. And as you know, Bill, we're just getting started. So with the Snake Lake target, 
if you're successful there, are we looking at a, a big open pit or would this be like a satellite pit? Satellite pit. I know you're at the conceptual level now, but can you give us a taste of what this might mean if you're successful there? It would be pit and underground, uh, the same thing as Eau Claire. We're, we're, we're hoping it's a mirror of it is the big, is the big goal. Okay. Ivan, um, could you kind of speak to the valuation and the macro situation? Uh, I was chatting with Mike before we hit record and I said, you know, you've had nothing but headwinds. Uh, since he took over, the gold price goes from above $2,000 down below $1,700. Now we're trading sideways. So the gold price hasn't been helping. Uh, what is your analysis of the macro situation in the gold sector and specifically Fury's valuation right now? Well, great. First off, you know, great, great to be back here. Um, Mike and his team have been doing an amazing job, something that you don't see that happens in our groups and specifically with Fury is you don't see the work behind the scenes that makes all of this happen. You know, it's really fun to point to great drill holes. It's really fun to come out with a great plan, but executing that is, is paramount. And uh, Mike's really made it feel like we work with Agnico Eagle here based on a lot of the professionalism that he's brought across every platform in the company. So hats off to Mike there. You know, this doesn't pay you today, shareholders, but it will pay you tomorrow. It will gander us a big premium later down the road once things really start to come together for us. And to your comment or your question about the headwinds, you know, we don't like excuses. We like results and we like to show performance for our shareholders, but it has been challenging. And I've done this for about 21 years. And since we came public, gold went down almost $300 an ounce and we hit the worst sentiment since 01. And, uh, you know, when you can't get love in the market, you just make sure you're working really hard to create those opportunities for shareholders going forward. And you just heard Mike talk a little bit about the holes at Snake Lake, uh, something called the 850 zone. There's some big areas to really, as and I like the word step change or, or a game changer would be the more familiar word, but step change is what I like even better. The actual projects to, to double it potentially or triple it in size, which is something we felt originally had, had huge potential at Eau Claire. And that, that is where we've been heading, is in that direction. We have a great handle on the deposit. On the macro part of the gold market, I think we've seen a turn. We've seen it bottom pretty bad through a really tough quarter last quarter. And I think the second half of the year, you know, if you listen to many of the experts and see the money flow starting to come back to the space, I think we're going to see new highs in gold. And when you look at that and think about Fury has 3.7 million ounces of seven grams per ton gold as an average grade or just over seven grams. That's a big statement. Not, not many companies have that of our size and not many companies you know, are able to find that anymore because the exploration has gotten so much more difficult. So from that perspective, I think that all the hard work we've done and we've worked hard and, and Micah, I think you've had about three, 400 Zoom meetings. You know, Mike's relentless. He doesn't stop because we have something to say. And this, this I think is going to equate to us going from being with our peer group to performing well past the peer group. And what's really going to do it and what does it for me every day is when I hear big exploration targets. I was a bit concerned at Eau Claire that there wasn't that huge committee bay look to it or that huge upside look. I knew it could be there, but I needed to see more. And Michael Hendrickson and the team and, and Brian Atkinson and the guys have really done a phenomenal job of sifting through the, the, the copious amounts of data. And something, and Mike Timmons, maybe you can comment on this. I've heard there's a huge amount more samples that were, were not, weren't being used by our predecessors, you know, within the region on the project. And they're getting to a lot better concepts for some big swings to take this summer too. So, you know, I think for me that, that that's a huge compliment on the project. That's true. I mean, we're, we're, we are finding more data as we go and as we dig, um, you know, as we round up, round up the computers at camp and everything else and collate it, um, 
so that we have one consistent uh, systematic geological picture, right? So that that's 100% correct. Yeah, and then just the pace we've been going at, Bill, it's we've never slowed down. You know, bad market, some people become, you know, a little bit apprehensive about the pace they're going at, but the confidence the project goes up, you you move forward. And if you believe in the gold market, you know, that's going to continue, you really step into your projects. And that's what we're doing here. So, uh, no, it's been it's been a lot busier than the share price would, would, would reflect. And I think that, you know, in the next, as Mike said, six weeks, you're going to start to see all of those results from from all this heavy lifting that we've been doing in the second half of the year here, we should we should turn the corner with a lot more gold to talk about and other programs that are on the horizon. Ivan, you put out a press release recently about a shelf prospectus. Can you explain to listeners what that is and how you intend to raise money moving forward? Sure. Uh, a shelf is a very, very, very efficient way of raising capital. There's a bit of head cost up front. But we can raise up to $200 million in uh, using this mechanism called a base shelf. And basically, if we want money in a week from now, we can get money in a week from now. I mean, if we're marketing, if there's in investors interested that want to participate in a funding or in a large block of shares, we can, we can close the transaction within one week. Now, traditional bought deals take about 45, 50 days, including the marketing that goes around and the legal costs are, are, can be astounding at times, right? And we all know that gold is volatile, the market is cyclical, but this gives us a speed to capital. This also takes away the, the need to require to do a big funding, like a $20 million funding in once or a 30. This gives us the chance to do 5 million here, 7 million there, and be very, very strategic with how we raise capital. So we don't ever have a big burden of a heavy financing to worry about. Right now, we're in good shape financially. I think March 31st, we had about 10, $11 million in cash. And so, you know, we don't need money yet. We're going to need it throughout the year. But small fundings along the way, unless we see a very, very key shareholder we want to add to the registry, uh, an institution or an investor of consequence, you know, we'd always consider that. But it allows us to be more strategic and a lot more anti-dilutive with our financing approach. So it's a big thing. We're going to actually do this in all the companies I'm involved in for the same purpose. One week to get the capital and to attract, you know, to pick your shareholders carefully as, as, as that's been the, the real, real big important part of our culture and our, our share structures, it allows us to do that better. Because your key project is in Quebec, what's your take on flow-through financing, Ivans? There's pros and cons to it. And because you're so particular of who you bring into the stock, sometimes you can bring in people that will sell the stock sooner than later if you do a flow-through, even though you raise at a premium. Uh, what's your take? So we've, we've done only charity flow-through. All of our money that we've raised at Orin and all the money we've raised here, which is a lot different from flow. What charity flow through is, it's a mechanism where the buyer can be anybody. It can be an American, it can be a Canadian, it can be somebody overseas, but we get a premium on the price they pay when they make the investment, right? The only thing negative about charity flow through, it's not always available. And then on straight flow through itself, which you asked me about, it's something that I've turned away from because investors are not as aligned with the business of the company. They're more aligned with the business of a tax saving transaction for their personal taxes. So from us, I, I think you would only see charity flow through at the very best, but you know, it's not available in, in huge capacities at all times through the year. And if you want to do a program and raise $5 million and there's no flow through available, we might have to do hard dollars. And we're okay with that because we might be able to do that on the back of some great results and, and pick better prices due to the one week start to close, you know, completing one of those transactions. So either way, I would say it's, it's a benefit 
because you can raise money at 80% premium to your spot price. You know, that's roughly where it, where it ends up in Quebec or 40, 45% premium in Committee Bay or Homestake. Um, but it's not always there. We'll use it when we can and we'll just make sure that we're not doing the traditional flow through where we don't have control of the investors. Mike, you have three projects in Canada. They're high grade. Remind listeners again, the focus of the company in terms of being in Canada and pursuing high grade gold. Yeah, I think, you know, there are many benefits to focusing on on high grade, right? So you've got, you know, robust project economics, you've got, uh, you know, high grade deposits are exciting to drill at any gold price, right? So you can be at 1250 or 2500, and you're still, you know, putting out high grade. It's it's, it's exciting. And so it, it, we- it weathers that storm. Um, investors looking for low risk in the mining sector can often filter on grade, right? And so if they filter on high grade, there's only going to be a few names, and Fury obviously stands out from the crowd. Drilling and and growing high grade gold uh, deposits is challenging, to say the least. Right? Uh, you know, mother, uh, you know, Mother Earth is not uh, not easy, right? And so, you know, the goal is to keep the rest of the business as low risk as possible, right? So we have very limited social risk, uh, low financial risk now that we've. Uh, this perspective in place, as, as Ivan has, uh, has talked about, we have low execution risk, right, with great infrastructure at all three of our projects. And I think the same goes for Canada, right? If you, you know, you really look at it, we enjoy the rule of law, right? There's a clear permitting pathway for mineral development in, in, uh, in every province, in every territory. Um, I think even more important is the fact that um, a lot of rural or remote communities have mining experience and knowledge, which provides um, comfort for them and ease of business for us, right? And again, you know, I'll use I'll use an agricultural eagle reference. Uh, they've kept their business manageable, and the strategy is simple for decades by focusing on grade uh, and staying in stable jurisdictions. And Fury is no different. And just just want to add one thing there, Bill, on the high grade and uh, grade is king, as Mike really eloquently put together for us. And why um, grade is also high grade is also variable. So you're going to see you're going to see holes that come out. You're going to see some, you know, narrow, you're going to see some wide, you're going to see a combination. What, what you can look at is companies like Kirkland Lake, it did phenomenal uh, with its high grade portfolio of projects. The profitability was astounding. Uh, a Cisco as well in, in Quebec, not long ago, they were doing extremely well uh, with their project, but it required a lot of drilling. So there's a good chance we will, we will require a lot of drilling because we're seeing a lot of high grade where there's a good chance we're going to see variability through our drill results. As long as we're hitting gold and as long as we're hitting high grade, then everything that we've set out to do with Eau Claire is going to be on full cylinders going forward. So from, from my perspective, I think we've got a lot of it to start with and we're going to have a lot of it to work with in the coming months. So Ivan and Mike and whoever wants to answer this question, please jump in. When we, seven months ago, when we talked about Fury Gold and we were laying out the vision, we said 80,000 meters over the next 18 months, 50,000, we're going to be at Eau Claire. Uh, but Ivan, you've also said that Committee Bay is a gold bull market project. So you're going to be sensitive to that. Are we going to take any of the meterage from like a Committee Bay and maybe put that more in Eau Claire? Has that shifted at all in how you guys are spending these dollars that you've earmarked for this? Bill, I think I think it all depends on the results, right? I mean, as, we, as you said, we've just really gotten started at Eau Claire. And so what we want to do is we want to, we want to come full circle in some of the concepts uh, that we have there, both, uh, you know, what is, what is Snake Lake, what it will ultimately be. Um, we're not done with that down plunge, the one kilometer down plunge extension yet. Um, 
you know, what, what are we seeing out West? I mean, th- those results have to come out that, that will resonate. Um, you know, I, you know, there, there, there's Homestake Ridge, which we haven't discussed, uh, haven't discussed either, right? We've put plans out for Homestake. We've put plans out for Committee Bay. Um, you know, those are subject to planning going forward, right? Um, the 80 to 100,000 meters that we've kind of socialized and suggested that we're going to do over the next 18 months is, is across the entire platform. But of course, you do it one step at a time because we're disciplined, right? We said, we want to know as early as possible how big Eau Claire can get, right? Can we go from um, 80,000 ounces a year that was in the PEA to something, to something in the ground that can support 150 to 200,000 ounces uh, of production per year? You know, that, 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 that first junior producer category. Can Eau Claire do that? I think it can, right? So it's a matter of, it's a matter of just you know, it's chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, just move, move through it. And then we'll make, we'll make decisions obviously as a group and uh, together with our board as to where we want to allocate meterage, where we want to allocate our budget. And actually a good point here, Bill, uh, to your comment about the shelf. And that allows us to raise money in June from Homestake or end of May and uh, raise money in July for Committee Bay. We don't need to raise all the money today, which normally would put a damper on the share price. And, you know, fortunately, I think we have six or seven holes that we are really, really keen on the results from to come out here in the next three to six weeks, as, as Mike's put out. And, uh, you know, if that works with us in currency, the goal would not be to take away from any project. It would be to add to each project. You know, we're going to be aggressive. And so, yeah, no, I, I like Mike's Mike's answer because um, it's very true. We're, we're going to be careful with let the results tell us what to do. But on the projects we haven't started drilling yet, you know, the good news is we've done all the work. So they're ready to drill. We're in the position to do that. And that was the press release the other day, the corporate update. You know, it was letting everybody know how busy we've been, how organized we really are, but we're actually ready to go. And so a little bit of wind from the gold market and some great results out of Eau Claire puts us in a position to you know, raise a lot more capital than we need to do the rest of these projects and, and maybe move that 80,000 number up, which would be my, my preference just because uh, I want to go for it on, on all levels. And I really, really believe in this gold market. And so, you know, I think the other comment that as we're talking here resonates with me is, I feel there's been a big miss. I've been, there's a massive miss. And if you look at the results on Eau Claire to date, if you look at the, the grade we've hit, if you look at the steady, there's always been something new being added, incremental increases and whatnot. We are increasing our understanding. We are getting more, we were liking the project more than we first had it. And now there's a big regional picture that Mike alluded to that we're gonna deal with this summer, but it really is a chance to be a real district. And, and I think for me, that's, it's something that's performing internally and we hope to see it in the share price soon. Mike, you've taken a a multi-year long-term perspective on building value, but uh, speculators like myself, we get impatient and it becomes more, what have you done for me lately? So could you just remind us what's on tap over the next couple of months? What catalysts should we be looking for? So at Eau Claire, I think it's Snake Lake and the 850 zone drill results uh, are going to be the big catalysts, uh, you know, this spring, right, as we continue to execute and, and demonstrate the project's growth potential, right? That's just ongoing. That's going to be coming um, with, you know, assuming continued success. And we're, we're all assuming it. Um, you could expect another drill or two to go to, to go to Eau Claire, right, which is obviously going to dramatically increase our, our capabilities there and the rate of news coming out to the market. This summer at Eau Claire, we're going to be developing... Um, you know, eight new regional target centers, right? That we've that uh, that Ivan just spoke about. Bring them all to the drill stage and set up to drill into fresh rock, right? Any one of those targets could be that next new major bull discovery. So that's exciting. 
Um, another near-term catalyst for us could be the commencement of Julian Homestake. We've talked about that already. Um, we are very excited with our plans for the project. And, you know, I would expect a great deal of value to be translated into share price as we show people all of the good things that can happen when you're drilling high-grade gold in BC, right? So a big year plan for investors uh, in 2021, Bill. Excellent. Ivan, final thoughts? Uh, just a tremendous amount of, of deep value. And just listening to Mike talk about, you know, the projects of what's on deck and coming, it, it reminds me of, of why I want to own a lot more or Fury, you know, when appropriate, we have a lot of results pending. So I'm going to wait till they're all out. But, um, you know, I just feel there's a tremendous amount of deep value behind this robust exploration that you can and all the torque you'd look for as a shareholder, you know, and I think that's going to be lived every month uh, for the rest of the year. There'll be, you know, some holes to look for that could really, really change the game for us considerably to the upside. Um, love the direction the company's headed. Uh, feel it's a tremendous opportunity right now. Um, I don't know the results yet. I obviously want to know them as much as everybody listening, but there's enough holes there that can give us a lot of different ways to win for investors, uh, not just here. They'll be the ones at home stake as well as at my, my favorite committee bay this summer. So I, I look forward to an extremely active year Company's busy, and you're going to hear a lot from, from Mike and the team. Excellent. The website, again, is furygoldmines.com. If you have any follow-up questions, there's a contact page you can click on right there, or the contact information is at the bottom of any press release. The, the organization is very responsive in getting back to you with any specific questions you need answered. Gentlemen, thanks for coming on the show, and we'll be talking to you again shortly. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty dollars or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment.
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.